What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode three of Hot Takes. I am your host, Andrew Bro, with my co-hosts, Case and Hammer. Yo, yo. And Brody Reese. How we doing, everybody? Um, we have a good old episode for you guys today. Um, we're going to start off with some UFC, and I'm going to let Kaysen kind of take this one away. Uh, so, yeah, I think we wanted to discuss the Holloway fight before the McGregor one. So, uh, yeah, Max Holloway and Calvin Cater, uh, a five-round, I'd say, I wouldn't even say war, honestly. It was... It was a beatdown. The stat, the stats won't lie to you, and the stats don't even begin to explain how bad of a fight it was. I mean, just watching the fight, it was a lot more than Holloway landing more punches. Like he was landing hard punches, and to be honest, the the fight could have been called in the second. Herb Dean just let it go and let it go. He could have stopped it in the second, and it went all five rounds. And it was the exact same thing every round. He just onslaught. All in, just punching, punching him in the face the whole fight. Holloway did so, like, yeah, yeah, it was bad. I mean, I have the stats pulled up, and um, if like the, the the strike discrepancy is like just insane. Like, he yeah. Holloway landed four hundred forty-seven total strikes, and Qatar only threw two hundred eighty-four. Like the fact that he like. Qatar landed 134, but the difference literally was 300 punches. And I know he broke like the record of strikes landed. And 445 of those 447 were significant strikes. Like, ow. yeah, dude. <laughs> literally, th- there was a point in the third round where he had Cater backed up to the cage, and he wasn't even throwing punches. He was just elbowing him in the face, like over and over, like combos. It was, dude. His nose was shattered. It wasn't even broken. Like it, it is. It, it looked like beyond repair. Like it was bad. No, he's God. I watched. I definitely. I watched the highlights of it. And he, he's a beast. It was, it was a beatdown. Like it wasn't even a fight, uh, dude. Res- and respect, was- respect to Cater though. I mean, after what Max Holloway dude, did, yeah. I don't know how he was still standing, dude. The fact that he was still standing after the second, I actually have a lot of respect for that. He's a he's a warrior. I did think it was funny, though, that before the fight, uh, Cater said Holloway was like a freshman in boxing, and he was like a senior. And, <laughs> like, midway through the third round, Holloway dodges, like, three punches in the row and screams out to him. He's like, who's the, who's the freshman now? And he was literally talking to DC, who was announcing the fight. He was he was looking at DC talking to him while throwing punches. And oh, yeah. I saw that clip. Literally, yeah. like, the biggest pimp move I've ever seen in the <laughs> oh, yeah. It was insane. <laughs> That is crazy. Well, and I and on Saturday, um, McGregor is making his debut. I don't know if you want to touch on that as well, Casey, because I know you're super into it. Ah, uh, yeah, my boy. He's back. He's back. Um, what do you guys? Uh, who do you, who thinks he's gonna win? I obviously think McGregor's gonna win, but how how do you do you think Poirier's gonna win? Do you think he's gonna end uh, it quickly? I'm gonna throw out my hot take super early this episode. Um. I think McGregor is going to knock him out within the first round. I think the fight's going to be over. Uh, McGregor looks great. Uh, and I know it's him talking, and he's always going to hype himself up, but he says he feels the best he ever has, and he looks great in training. And I don't know. I think he's hungry and dangerous. Yeah, I uh, first minute is pretty aggressive. I mean, I could see that happening. I could see him like being super jacked for like he hasn't fought. I don't know the last time he fought was. Um, uh, it was when he faced Cowboy. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, so oh, I mean, that was under a minute, right? Yeah. How, how long ago was it? Um, you remember how long ago it was? I can look uh, it up. I mean, it was about a year ago. Yeah. Okay, so, so I mean, it's been. It was the day me yeah, and Casey was... both won a wrestling tournament. There you yes, go, sir. Oh yeah, let's go. So I mean, yeah. it's been over a year since he's fought, so he's gonna be jacked. He's gonna be excited. Adrenaline will be pumping. I think that he could come out of the gate just like firing, and that could get him a knockout on, under the first minute. Like it's very possible. Um, but then it could also be a bad thing where he could just be going, you know, 110 percent in a bad way where he's just not protecting himself and just going crazy. Cause I know he respects Poirier. Like we've mentioned before. Um, I think he'll win. Um, I think anything, I really don't know anything that happened with McGregor. Cause he's just, I mean, it's Conor McGregor, man. He's crazy. I, I knock on the first minute would be awesome to watch, but I almost want to see like a, a nice I want to see a war, fight. dude. Just yeah. I want to see rounds, that's like, what I thought. Like, like you want to see the knockout, but I almost want to see a knockout at the end of the fifth. Like I want to see back and forth. Yeah. That'd like, be it. I want. I just want to see a good fight, honestly. Exactly. What do you? you what do you think, Jason? How, how? How do you think it's gonna go? I think it'll be McGregor. I think. Uh, I think round two or three makes more sense for me, though. Yeah, I'd say that too. I don't think. I don't think because I think Poirier is too good of a fighter to get knocked down the first round, especially under a minute. But I mean, anything can happen. Do either of you know how the first fight went? I don't recall. I think McGregor won. Uh, I think he did. Is I think he did too. Um, I just know. I mean, you said that he uh, respected uh, Poirier, or um, I mean, let's see. Yeah, I'm just I'm looking it up right now. Um, I mean, oh, I, I actually saw something this morning where Stephen A was interviewing um, McGregor, and he was talking about how uh, he was like, "What makes you not want to like? What? How are you going to prove to us you're just not going to retire after this fight like you have many times before?" Um, and he said that he wants to fight. He wants to fight all four of his fights in the first quarter of 2021, and he wants to fight a total of seven times, I think, the rest of the year. So I think he really wants to like come back and like pursue his UFC career again. Because he said he said he left because he wasn't getting any title fights and he was disrespected. So Hey hey guys. Uh he knocked out Poirier in the first round. They stopped the fight. Well, there you go. And it could happen again. <laughs> but I think what was that? I think it said it was in 2014. So I mean, that's six yeah. years later. I mean, it, was, it was a long time ago. Yeah. So I mean, I think it'll be good. I'm excited. Uh, I've been trying to get back in UFC a lot. I mean, pay per views are just a lot of money to pay for. So, Facts. but it's definitely fun. It's definitely fun. I mean, I love who doesn't like watching. Oh, yeah, fight. dude. I mean, I remember watching the Mayweather fight with you, Kason, with. <laughs> that was a good night. That was fun. Yeah. Now fighting's fun. Yeah, um, for sure. I think we're going to move on to the NBA. Um, last week, we talked about the James Harden trade with the Nets and Kyrie and Katie and all that good stuff. And Kyrie made his uh, made his like comeback with the, his first game with the big three against the Cleveland Cavaliers. And, I mean, even though Katie, um, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving were all on the same court that night, the best player seemed to be Colin Sexton. Um I mean, he dropped 40 points in that game um, and hit some daggers to send the game to overtime and double overtime. Um, and in those two overtimes, he scored 20 straight points and upset the Nets. I mean, Colin Sexton is a young, just savage. Yeah, dude. He's 
He's just a, he's a scrappy ass guy, dude. He, he's annoying and he, he just he gets to the rim. He, he just knows how to score, and he's gonna be there on defense too. I think he uh, had a chase down blocking KD. Yeah, like the final yeah. score was one hundred thirty five to one forty seven. Um, and I mean the Cavs have made improvements this year. I mean they're not a bad team, but they're definitely not supposed to be on the level of the Nets in any way. Yeah. Um, Durant had thirty eight. Harden had twenty one. Kyrie had thirty seven. So I mean, it wasn't it wasn't that Katie, Kyrie, or Harden wasn't like playing good. It just like to refer back to what we talked about, the Nets lost a lot of depth. Yep. In that trade, um, Jared Allen, Levert, and I mean, and they sent Jared Allen to to Cleveland, to the, and yeah, to Cleveland. He, had, he had twelve and eleven. Um, I don't know. I think I think the Nets are going to play a certain style of basketball where. They were going to rely on Katie, Kyrie, and Harden getting hot, and they did. They both, all three of them, went off, and they scored 135, but they allowed 147. Like, they want to put up over 115 points a game. They're going to have to stop it. Yeah, and, and I think and that's if, the problem with trading away Jared Allen is you're really you're getting rid of the only defense you have, really. So now you're really relying on can we outscore? Can we outscore them? Yeah, and it's not you're not going to stop them from scoring, but it's like can you hit more threes than they did? Cause that's really what it's going to come down to. Yeah. And we'll, I mean, we'll, um, if someone gets hot on the other team, you're yeah. like, like Colin Sexton did, it's hard to win. Cause like, yeah, Katie Kyrie and Harden, they're going to get you at least 20, 25 a game. But if you have another team where all of them are getting 15, like, and someone drops 30, like if someone gets hot like that, it's just, I don't know. It's just yeah. it seems like a defensive liability. I saw this I saw this meme on IG where it was like Colin Sexton really came to Cleveland, took Kyrie's number, wore his shoes, and then dropped forty on him. He did on the yeah. night of his tribute. Yep. Yeah, no. Um he went to um did you see you guys his uh the video of him in college? I think he was on Alabama and they were playing Minnesota and his whole bench got ejected and they played three on five and he almost yes. he almost yeah. made a comeback against <laughs> Three on like in a three and five basketball game. That's how that works. He he's yeah. exciting. He's had a, he's gotten a lot better. Yeah, for um, sure. But you guys have any other thoughts on that? Where do we kind of talk to everybody? Um, I don't know. It's fine. You guys know I'm not super into basketball, but uh, I think I think that's going to be a big problem with the Nets. I think they have a lot of egos on that team. I mean, you have three players who all want to be the star of the show, and I I don't know. I think it's going to hurt them in the end. Yeah. I mean, they did look good together. I'm not going to try to hit on them too much, but it's just like you need, I mean, you need more depth. I mean, they had, I mean, Joe Harris is another great player they have on the team, but he only scored you six points. Jeff Green dropped 16. Like, you can't rely on Jeff Green to give you 16 points a game. Yeah. DeAndre Jordan's past his prime. He got you 13 and only four rebounds. Like, you're starting center. James Harden got more rebounds than you. Like, yeah. you, you got, I mean, there's just problems. Like, Timothy Luwawu Karabat was one of the people who played. Reggie Perry played. Like, like no, like I know who they are, but they're not like they don't have Karis Levert to come off the bench. Dinwiddie, I think, still recovering. Yeah. yeah. I think when Dinwiddie's back, that'll help a lot. But it's like he just had a big ACL injury. Um, they're gonna have to. They'll probably they might be a little active on the trade deadline, move a piece to get some. Depth. I was uh, I was thinking that, uh, or I I heard something on some sports channel that they people think they should move Kyrie for a for a, a good three and D wing. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna and say a shooter. And a shooter. Um 
I mean, for me, I think Katie's the best player on the team, but I want to ask you guys, if you had to pick, if you had to move one, would you keep Harden or keep Kyrie? Um, honestly, the, mo- the, the thing that makes most sense right now is getting rid of Kyrie. I mean, he's just, he's been in, he's been in a lot of trouble. Some of it's stuff that's like, yeah, okay, but it's just, it's too much at this point. Like, they might as well get rid of him. Yeah. Uh, I've never been a big lover of uh, James Harden, and I, I don't know, I think he he's a great player, scores a lot of points, uh, he does the right things, but I, I think he's brought a lot of trouble to teams in the past, because he kind of wants to be the star of the show. I think I think a better team would be Kyrie and KD. I I think I take Harden over Kyrie. I think Harden gives you. More, I mean, I don't know. They're it's close. Harden and Kyrie. I think what I would do if I was the Nets is I do this all the way to the trade deadline. And if it's not working, like if you're bottom, if you're bottom four the uh, the East, I think you move one of them. Um, but I think I think it'll be definitely fun to watch though. Like Kyrie Harden and Durant on the same team. It's a super team. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I think we're going to move on to the NFL now. We had, I mean, there was a, a lot of fun football games this weekend. Um, a lot of crazy stuff went on. I think we're going to start off with um, Green Bay and Los Angeles Rams. Um, they were playing in the divisional round of the playoffs this year. Um, the Green Bay came on top um, over the Rams. The final score was um, second. It was 32 to 18. I mean, wasn't that close? Um, the Packers were just in their element, like they have been the past few weeks. Um, Jared Goff had 174 yards and a touchdown. Rodgers 296 and two touchdowns. They seem pretty unstoppable right now. Um, yeah, from, I mean, they 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 were throwing the ball really well, but I think the thing that really won them the game was the fact that. They were able to get Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, and uh, A.J. Dillon the ball, like equal reps, splitting reps between all of them, and they were all able to put up like 50, 60-plus yard games. They yeah. had at least 200 yards rushing. I don't remember what the exact number was, and I believe two or three rushing touchdowns to go along with it. Maybe one. Yeah, Aaron Jones had 99 yards, Williams 65, A.J. Dillon 27. Jones had a touchdown, and then Aaron Rodgers had that rushing touchdown. Yeah, so I really, I really don't even think it was their passing game that won them the game. I mean, they were just running the ball all over them, and it just opened up the field so much more for them to throw little slant routes to Devonte or that one deep ball to um, Lazard, right? Lazard, yeah, I think it was yeah. Lazard. I mean, play action passing, you can say. And he was Lazard was wide open, like before that too, but he he dropped a he dropped a deep ball prior yeah. prior to that. But yeah, I mean, they were just opening up the pass game so well by dominating in the run. Yeah, I mean, it's easy to dominate the run though, and Aaron Donald's not full. Yeah, out they said uh, McVeigh said they were giving him full reps, but it didn't really seem like it. It seemed like they were rotating him out a lot, a lot more than they usually do. So yeah. No, I feel I feel bad for him. I mean, the, the, I don't know if you saw the picture of him crying after the game. Like he puts yeah. his heart on the line every game and. I don't know. I mean, that team could be better. I mean, who knows how Goff's thumb was feeling. And um, I don't know. I, I wanted a better game. I wanted the Rams defense to kind of lock them down. But, I mean, any thoughts on that, Brody? I think your hot take last week was the Rams upsetting the Packers. Uh, I expected more out of the Rams defense. 
I thought they would be able to stop the run against. Uh, I mean, I would say it's an above-average running attack on the Packers, and mm-hmm. I don't know. Did I don't have the math, but did they rush for a total of two hundred something yards? Yep, I think they were they were close. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, you really can't do that. I mean, especially when they're probably the best pack, a passing attack in the league. You know, they are 100, 188 rushing uh, yards. 188 rushing yards. I mean, you can't let that happen. I really, I, I expected more out of the defense. Uh, yeah, it didn't make sense. Seven out, Aaron Donald. Uh, I, I don't know. I wouldn't say it was poor coaching, but uh, I don't know. That Packers offense looks unstoppable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you run the ball like that. I mean, the time of possession was 36 minutes to 23. It's almost a, that's almost a wow. whole quarter. Yeah. Yeah, LaFleur just he coached a great game. Uh he drew up plays that play to get Devontae Adams wide open on the one yard line going in. That was a really great, great drawn up play. Like and yeah, I wouldn't say McVay coached bad. I, I thought I don't know about you guys, I thought Jared Goff played a really good game. Like Yeah. I mean possibly enough like deserving a win played played that good. I mean his circumstances of broken thumb and freezing freezing temperatures. I mean you, yeah. you gotta you gotta help him in a way. Um, but I think it was, I mean, it wasn't the game we wanted, but the Packers sure. are, the pa- it's the reason they're the number one team in the NFC. Um, yeah. But looking at the other NFC divisional round game, we had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New Orleans Saints. Buccaneers came on top 30 to 20. Um, that game was, I, I mean, I definitely watched it. I'm a big Tom Brady fan. My hot take last week was that Brady would throw three more touchdowns than a, then Breeze, which was wrong, he threw two more touch or one more touchdown, but he did throw three less picks. So I'm going to take half credit for that uh, that take. I'm going to take half credit. Um, he threw 199 yards, two touchdowns. Brady did. Uh, Drew Breeze threw 134 yards and a touchdown. And um, the underlying go to the game, Jameis Winston, one for one, 56 yards and a touchdown. I mean, against his former <laughs> team. I was not yeah. when they put him in the game. Dude, that, they put I'm him sorry. at receiver, and I was like, "Yeah, that they're play not was so him. obvious. That was so obvious that they were just going to do something dumb like giving him the ball." Oh my god! Well, I, I think I think the Titans ran the same exact play on them the week before, and then they just took it. Or not a uh, not the Titans. Um, oh, I can't remember who they the Bears. Yeah, the Bears ran this ran the same play, or so, someone ran the same play on yeah. them. And they just took it from. Them. Yeah, the Bears ran that. That's the that's the ball that Javon Wims dropped. Oh, uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Kamara had 85 yards. Um, nothing. I mean, just a decent game. No touchdowns. Leonard Fournette, 63 yards. Arnold Jones, 62 yards. Very, very balanced running. Tom Brady had a rushing touchdown. Dude, um, Devin Fournette White was touchdown. all over the field. Yeah, their defense. Okay, yeah. this, this is why I'm really excited for the uh, Packers-Buccaneers game. Both offenses are hot right now. They're both getting hot at the right time. The Buccaneers' defense just looked – it just looked ready. Sean Murphy bunting popped. He had that I mean, pick, pick six. Devin White had a pick. Sean Bunting had the pick. Mike Edwards had a pick. I think Antoine Woodfield forced a fumble, and Devin White forced a fumble. Um, they just looked good. I mean, yeah. holding – holding. I mean, the Saints' offense is good. Holding him to what? Um, holding him to – 104 rushing yards, like 190 passing yards. I mean, they passed for more yards than the Buccaneers did, but it didn't seem like it. Like, it really just kind of – the time of possession wasn't very different. It, I don't know. I don't know what the Saints were doing wrong. It was just the turnovers, really. 
I mean, Michael Thomas, best receiver in the league, zero receptions. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was playing through uh, some injuries, though. It was hard to see in Drew's final game him playing that bad, throwing that many picks. You know? Yeah, yeah it definitely four, wasn't fun. Top three quarterback of all time. That's not the way you want to see him go out. I really wanted him and Brady to have a shootout, like them just go back and forth. It really does suck. Yeah. But, I mean, I think really, I mean, like I said, what really lost in the game was the four turnovers to zero. You can't win a game having four turnovers. It's just, I mean, I if Breeze calls it, which I think he will, I think, I mean, he had a great career. I don't know I if did. you guys saw it, but on the sideline, uh, he was talking to Jameis Winston, and he said, this is your team now. Well, I did not see that. Yeah. Did you see the picture of him looking back at the, the field one last time? No, that's tough. Yeah, it was really sad. And then after the game, Brady, did you see Brady and him hanging out, throwing footballs with the Breeze's kids after the game and just kind of talking? It was, it, was, yeah. it was a nice thing to see. I saw that uh, someone said that uh, Breeze's kids had more receptions than Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Brady threw him a dime. He really did. But the Buccaneers will meet Green Bay and Green Bay next next week, or this weekend, actually. Um, we'll talk about that next. Um, and then over on the AFC side of the bracket, we had um, the Cleveland Browns versus the Kansas City Chiefs. That game was very good. Um, I was rooting for the Browns to win. Unfortunately, they did not. Final score was seventeen to twenty-two. The Chiefs came on top. I mean, that was, oh, the way that game ended. Andy Reid, man. Yeah. Andy Reid's got some balls on him. Um, Baker Mayfield, two hundred four yards, a touchdown and a pick. Patrick Mahomes, two hundred fifty two hundred fifty-five yards, a touchdown, and then Chad Henney, sixty-six yards and a pick. Um, I mean, I don't know. Um, the Browns had it. They, I mean, they had. They, they could have won. I mean, people were uh, that fumble out of the back of the end zone really kind of just did them. If they would have scored there, I think such they a won. dumb rule. I hate that rule so much. Yeah. Honestly, that needs to be fixed. Yeah, I think. Uh, do you guys think it was a targeting? I was helmet helmet by rule. It was. Targeting. It was one hundred percent targeting, but it's unreviewable. So, you know that that I feel like that needs to change too. I mean, that with, was an obvious target. Yeah, with with the fumble out of the back, the end zone rule, um, making the touchback. I was talking to one of my buddies the other day, and when you think about it, the um, the offense gets a hundred yards of the fumble out of bounds and get the ball back, and then the defense just gets uh, the end zones, and it's almost like favor for the offense already, and how easy it is for them to stretch out and that kind of thing. So it's like if you're almost looking at it, it seems almost fair in a way. A lot of people hate the rule. I haven't really thought about it, but I mean, the rest well, of the field, I mean, I don't the, know. The way I look at it is it's like you had the whole hundred yards. How come when it goes out of bounds, it's just it's automatically retained possession. But the second it goes out of the back of the end zone, it's completely different. And it's the other team's wall. That's what I don't understand about it. True. But then, I mean, I feel like you're going to see people carelessly diving at the end zone now, like no regard to fumbling, no regard to. Like almost like just throwing it to the pylons and seeing, I don't know. Yeah. It's it's a tough one because I mean either way there's gonna be people are gonna be mad about it either way. I just think they should have. 
I think the helmet to helmet is what people should be worried about more than the fumble. Honestly, though, even without that, I think the Browns still could have won. But I think Baker made a really bad play in the pocket. He didn't step up and got sacked. And then letting... Here's what really made me mad. It's third and 14. You let Henny rush for 13. Yeah. You hold him the fourth and inches. And then instead of pressing their corners, you play soft coverage, thinking that they're not going to call a play. But it's like you're in soft coverage... Why wouldn't they just call a play, get the one inch to a yeah. quick little quick screen to Tyree Kill? It's Tyree Kill, the fast player in the NFL. They're obviously going to try and get get him the ball real quick for one yard. Yeah. Why would you just play soft coverage? That makes no sense. Even if you do think they aren't going to call a play, at least get up to the line so you know they won't. The Henny run was just like, how do you not keep? I mean, you're not expecting him to run, obviously, but it's like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. But. In the end, the Chiefs came on top, 17-22. I mean, they led in every stat, total yards, passing yards, rushing yards. Um, but they move on to play the Buffalo Bills, which will be the next game we're talking about. The Buffalo Bills played the um, Baltimore Ravens, Brody's Ravens, and the final score was 17-3. to Before we dive into it really quick, I'm going to bring up um, last week's episode, Ton Ton Freeman, the special guest on. His hot take was that the game will be decided by two touchdowns and the kickers will have uh, impact on the game. Final score was 17-3, to which is 14 points, which is two touchdowns. Um, and if you look at the kickers, Justin Tucker, probably the best kicker in the league, went one for three, which is not normal. And the Bills kicker went one for three as well. I don't know. I, how do you get more spot on than what Tonton said last week? Yeah, it you can't. felt so yeah. random in the moment too, but it yeah. was just, it, it came out perfectly. I thought that was actually insane. Like, next time we have him on, we'll give him some, like, he, and right I now, thought it he was has, gonna... go for it. I was going to say, right now, he has the best hot take we've had on the show. I know this has only been yeah, three episodes, true. but, like, that's going to stand for probably a long time. Yeah. What were we saying, Kaysen? Um, I was saying that I thought it was going to come down to if he, he said it was going to come down to the kickers. I thought it would come down to like Justin Tucker hitting two or three field goals, but it actually came down to them missing field goals. And Justin Tucker has missed so many field goals in the past few weeks. I just, I don't understand. He's missing extra points too. I just don't understand. He's missed like one extra point this year and like four field goals total. So it's not, I mean, I mean, he missed yeah, an extra for, point for, last week and a field goal last week, though. No, I I understand that, and that's very unlike him. But uh, I mean, it happened, and I de- I definitely think he's declining a little bit. Uh, I hope that he can fix it for next season. I mean, I mean, he was on track to be the best kicker of all time, and I feel like this is kind of hurting his legacy. Yeah. I mean, when you think of the best kickers of all time, you think of Vinatieri and Tucker. Yeah. So I, mean, I don't know. When I, I mean, I know what you're talking about with him on the decline because, I mean, as a Patriots fan, Goskowski was, I mean, he ran it there for a long time and then just one season he kind of just fell off a cliff and then ever since then we haven't really had a uh, a constant kicker until we pulled in Nick Folk. But I'm hoping he pulls it together. I love I love Justin Tucker. He's, he's the GOAT, bro. I mean, um, but, you know, even with all the misses, he's still the most accurate kicker to ever play. Yeah. You know? yeah. So, I mean, it happened, but, you know. 
Everyone, I mean, everyone has an off couple weeks. I mean, people get out of their rhythm. I think it'll just, he'll get back into it. And I feel like it really shows that it wasn't 100% his fault in the playoff game because, you know, the Bills kicker went one and three as well. Yeah. That was a windy day. They were showing the flags in the stadium and they were, they were going crazy. And I mean, I'm sure it would have been hard to kick a field goal there. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I probably couldn't do it, but I mean, I could, but oh. uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's uh, um, talk about the quarterbacks. Lamar Jackson stats that game: 162 yards, interception. Um, Josh Allen: 206 yards and a touchdown. Um, I know that this is a touchy subject for Case and Brody. Um, I know that. I mean, R- Brody's a Ravens fan, so he is a big Lamar Jackson fan, and Kaysen is a big Josh Allen fan. Um, and they have been fighting nonstop about who is the better quarterback right now. And I'm going to let Kaysen start to go. Um, okay. So I think Josh Allen is obviously the better quarterback. I think all around, he's the better quarterback. I, he's, he's more accurate. He has a stronger arm. I like the way he runs more. That's that's bold obviously okay. he's okay. he's not a better rusher i just like i like the way he runs more but that's just me Brody, my turn now yep. okay uh i think we all can agree that lamar jackson is the greatest rushing quarterback of all time first quarterback to ever rush for a thousand yards in back-to-back seasons and he'll keep doing it i mean in the system that we're running uh in baltimore i think it's very I mean, I think it's very obvious that he'll keep rushing with a lot of efficiency. Um, uh, it's hard to it's hard to call him a uh, bad passer when you ha- you're playing with the worst receiving core in the league. Uh, as much as I love Josh Allen, and I think he has developed very well, he has arguably uh, the best receiver in the league. Uh, on his team. And he really started to blow up this season when Stefan Diggs came in. Kaysen in the first episode said that Stefan Diggs is his offensive player of the year. You know, he came out, he played great. Uh, Cole Beasley would start on the Ravens. He's a great player. They have a great tight end and they ha- they have a lot of dudes to throw to. So obviously he's going to be a better passing quarterback. Lamar Jackson, his best receiver is Marquise Brown, who I love the guy, but he drops half the balls that are thrown to him. Which really messes with Lamar's stats. Okay, but we're also ignoring the fact that he has Mark Andrews, a premier tight end in the league. And Again, a lot of Mark Andrews had an off year. Okay. But a lot of Mar- uh Lamar's passing yards this year came from dump offs and quick screens to Marquise Brown or little short routes to Patrick Ricard. Even last week in the playoffs, those were all his passing yards. Just throwing quick screens and his guys running running for yards. I mean, he wasn't exactly making amazing throws. And even when he was making longer throws, they were inaccurate. Uh, what throws were inaccurate? He threw one inaccurate pass, and that was the pick six. Yes, yes, and 101-yard pick six, I might add. Uh... Yeah, I mean, he's been doing yeah. he's been doing it all year. He's like his passes mid 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 to to far are, are all inaccurate. Not all inaccurate, but mo- mostly inaccurate. And uh, we, he, we can just simply look at game film to see that. I mean, he throws. I feel like he's still pretty inconsistent, but at the same time, 
he is, I would honestly say, an above-average pocket passer. Hmm. I think a lot of people would agree with that. He's, I mean, he's great in the pocket. He's not as great rolling out as I'd like him to be, you know, throwing on the run. But, uh, I mean, it's a different system that the Ravens run. I mean, we have the, I think this year it was the fourth best rushing attack of all time. Uh, last year it was the best rushing attack of all time. I mean, so we're handing the ball a lot off to our running backs when, I mean, the Bills have no running game. So, you know, Josh Allen's slinging it every single play. I'm pretty sure that the first 17 plays that uh, the Bills ran, 15 of them were passes and two of them were rushes. I mean, I think it's also going to come down to the fact that Josh Allen is good enough to rely on to pass the ball that much in the game. And yeah, he has great receivers to get it to, but he gets it to them consistently and he's making accurate throws. But you also forget that he was a below average quarterback until Stefan Diggs came to Buffalo. He was not considered elite until this year. He was maybe maybe the end of last year. Yeah, he was playing well towards the end of the last year, and he was. It's obviously showing that he was progressing as a better passer. And he, I mean, yeah, he got Stephon Diggs, but he he was grinding all off season, and he was showing towards the end of the season that he was becoming that elite passer. Yeah, I mean, do you have any comments? Um. If I had to start a franchise with one quarterback or the other one, I'm taking Josh Allen. I think as a quarterback, he is better. I mean, I feel like you base. I feel like you base an offense off Lamar. I feel like Josh Allen can fit in a lot of systems. You know what I mean? Lamar, you can throw him into a system, and uh, no, you can't like throw him into any system. Like if you put him in Buffalo system, he probably wouldn't be successful. That Wouldn't offense, that make Josh Allen a better quarterback then? I don't think so. Because he works better in more places than one? Uh, caught me off guard here. I mean, it seems like you're almost helping us for a second. And I mean, to keep you off guard, if I pull up um, Josh Allen's stats from last season that you were talking about, he... Through 3,089 yards, 20 touchdowns, and 9 picks. And if you look at Lamar Jackson's stats this year, he threw 2,700 yards, 26 touchdowns, and 9 picks. Are we comparing stats this year or stats last year? I compared this year's the Lamar Jackson last stats. last year when he was considered a below-average player. I was comparing this year's Lamar Jackson stats to last year's Josh Allen stats. Because, I mean, Lamar Jackson's stats last year, obviously, he went MVP crazy. But, I mean, because yeah. you're just saying last year he was – below average when his numbers are kind of similar to Lamar Jackson's stats this year. Yeah, well, I think we all can agree that Lamar doesn't throw the ball as much as any other quarterback in the league. I mean, there have been games this year where he doesn't even throw the ball 15 times. So obviously his passing stats are going to be a little less than every other quarterback's. Yeah, I I mean, that's fair. I just think that when when you're looking at a quarterback that you want to be on your football team, you want Josh Allen over Lamar Jackson. That's just me. I mean, I think your point proved a, point a guy a you can bit. consistently rely on to make throws. Because I mean, I think he's a. I think he's definitely a better thrower, and he's not a better runner, obviously, but he can run with the best of them. I mean, he's a I, big quarterback. He's durable. I think he's more durable. I just I like Jackson. the way he combines the two. I think, I think it makes it work. I, th- I agree. 
I think that you need to see Lamar with a true wide receiver one before you can, you know, say he's a terrible passer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think because I think I mean he has, he hasn't had. I mean, maybe his uh, MVP season, Mark Andrews, was reliable. I mean, he's thrown to people like Willie Sneed, who I mean are great, you know, third, fourth string guys. But I mean, they can't go in there and. I, I really don't think they should go in there and, you know, be starters. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, jo- I mean, Josh Allen's stats last year were that with John Brown and Isaiah McKinney as his receivers. I mean, I mean, just, sure. for, just for the same point. I mean, yeah. I mean, Cole Beasley was also there last year. So, I mean, but I don't see Cole Beasley as a number one receiver. He's more of that slot kind of guy. Zay Jones. I mean, I, and even if Josh Allen is better, I still feel that Lamar is overly hated. He is. He's definitely... I mean, he plays uh, a below-average game, and he gets called not an elite quarterback when, you know, he was the MVP last season. Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense how he can go from, you know, everybody loving him and then playing one bad game and everybody telling him he shouldn't even be a starting quarterback. Like, that doesn't make any sense. When, I mean, when you have such the season he had and you don't live up to that hype the second time around, you're going to get a really big backlash. I mean, that's just how all sports are. I mean, it's not fair, but it's just, I mean, just how it is. Um, and I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback at all. I just think that if you're comparing Josh Allen versus Lamar, Josh Allen's better. I mean, Josh Allen outperformed him head to head. Um, I don't know. I, 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 did he though? Yes. Lamar, Lamar, yes. 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 Hey, yes. Lamar had more passing yards. Uh, more passing yards playing. with a pick, a hundred one yard pick six to Josh Allen's touchdown. Okay. All I'm saying is that. Uh, Lam- sorry. Uh, lost my train of thought. Uh, all I'm saying is that Lamar had more passing yards when they were when Lamar was still in. The Ravens quarterbacks together had more passing yards than Josh Allen did. The whole game? Yes. Not true. Uh, I'm pretty sure Tyler Tyler Huntley had 60. Why does he it did. say to, wait? Why does it say total 190 yards? Well, I'm looking at ESPN. And they add, they, add, they added Lamar it up. Lamar had 160. Sorry. Huntley had 60. Sorry, they added it up wrong. My mistake. So Lamar Jackson and Tyler Huntley out outpassed Josh Allen. Well, I mean, let's look at the situation. Uh, look at the situation, though. At end of the game, Buffalo's going to run the ball more. A little bit more to run clock out. I mean, yeah, I mean, and well, when you look at what Josh Allen did in the game, he had a better game than Lamar Jackson because the way he played won the football game. And I mean, yeah, Lamar Jackson played in the fourth quarter, um, but he still threw. I mean, forty more yards. I mean, I I think the if you watch the game, which you did, obviously because the Ravens played. Josh Allen set his team up better to win, and the mistakes that Lamar Jackson did cost them the game. Like that 100-yard pick six, you take that away, it's, what, seven-point difference? It's still a a three-to-three game. Yeah, exactly. And that kind of turned, I feel like that turned the game a little bit, because I think that might have been the first touchdown, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong. But like... They don't score. Let's say that they don't score that seven. You score that seven instead. It's ten yeah. three. It's a whole different football game. I just think when you break it down, Josh Allen 
played winning football better than Lamar Jackson. In that game, at least. Okay. Yeah, no, I think I think that's fair. But I think this will be debated between you two and us for a very long time. Um, and they're both young. They're both young quarterbacks that are going to be in the league for a long time. So, I mean, things could change. Lamar Jackson could get his – I mean, you think that the Ravens could sign Al Robinson. Maybe that'll be what puts him over Josh Allen. Who knows? We'll see. But it's fun. It's fun. I love watch. I love watching both of them play. Um, not when they play my team though, because it gets a little aggressive. Um, but next weekend, let's move forward. Um, let's talk about Tampa Bay Green Bay, and we kind of touched on it earlier. They're playing in Green Bay. It's supposed to be really cold, possibly snow flurries. Um, when you look at t- where I mean Tampa Bay, there in Florida, hot weather. Green Bay is used to the cold weather. Um, I think that could have an effect on the game. But when you're looking at the Buccaneers, the most important player on that team played in that weather for 20 years in New England. So, I mean, him and Gronk are used to it. Maybe that could help out the team. But uh, what are you guys' thoughts on this coming game? Uh, Tampa Bay looks great. That's uh, it's an elite defense, and Tom Brady's on fire. He has a ton of weapons, and it's just... Uh, uh, I don't know. Those are two great offenses, two great defenses. I really do think that probably the best team is in the NFC. Um, you're right. I think that if uh, if it does snow, I think that I, I don't really know if Tampa Bay has a chance because they're so used to that hot weather. Kaysen? I think uh, Green Bay's running attack is looking really scary right now and i think that's really what's what it's all going to come down to it's if devin white can stop the run like he was last game and i don't think the passing attack is going to be too big of a deal because sean murphy bunting is a g and so is antoine winfield so i think it's gonna come down to if devin white can stop the run and i think i mean tampa bay like they have all the receiving weapons but i still think they can run the ball really good with Fournette and Ronald Jones and I even think if it is snowing if it is crappy weather I still think they can pound the rock may probably not maybe not as good as Green Bay but they can they can definitely keep up and then set up the pass for Brady um especially since he's played in that weather um I think Tampa Bay's defense got hot at the perfect time because they're playing one of the hottest offenses in the league um I'm so excited I think I'm I'm Maybe I'm a little biased because I'm a big Brady guy, um, but you guys, if you guys could, if you guys could predict, if you had to pick right now, who you got? Who do you think is coming out on top? Since I mean we're in the championship games, you might as well give a little bit of a. Mm. Give a little I, bit think of a I think it's gonna be a close one. I think it's gonna be like something like G Bay seventeen, Tampa Bay fourteen, something like that. Yeah. Brady, I'm gonna say I'm not gonna give a score prediction, but I'm gonna say that. Let's say Tampa Bay wins by 10-plus. Dang, I like it. Um, for me, I think I'm going to ride my... Um, I'm going to go two episodes in a row with a hot take based off my boy Tom Brady again. Um, it's too fun for me not to do it. I think Brady outperforms Aaron Rodgers. Um, I think... I mean, I was watching first take, and they were arguing about um, that Aaron Rodgers is the GOAT over Brady, which I, I'm not even going to get into that. but. I think Brady will outperform Rodgers. I think he will throw like two or three more touchdowns than him, um, which is a stretch because Aaron Rodgers is on fire. Um, but I think between the two, Aaron Rodgers will be the one with the, with an interception or two over Brady because I think 
I think that Bucks defense is going to pop off again, hopefully. Um, I'm just excited. I'm really excited about this game. Um, but let's move on to Buffalo KC um, and Kansas City. I think this one really, really depends on if Patrick Mahomes is playing. Um, they said he practiced. I know I'm, I'm like, if I had to put my money on it, I'm pretty sure he's going to play. There's no way he's not going to play in that game. Um, yeah, I agreed. Yeah, I think he'll be back for sure. But both teams, both teams are hot. I mean, both defenses are great. Both offenses are explosive and exciting. Both quarterbacks are just, you know, they're both young, talented, you know, faces of the league. I mean, Mahomes is. I mean, if Allen beats them, that's pretty huge. Um, I don't know. How do you think it's going to go down? Uh, I think that, I mean, those are two good defenses. They're two great passing attacks. I really think it's going to come down to the run game. I think it's going to be who can pound the rock better. And I think that's going to end up being Kansas City. And I think they're going to win by probably more than 14 points. I think it's going to be over a two-touchdown game. Dang. Case. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come out here with my hot take. I think the Bills get the passing attack going early, and Stephon Diggs drops three touchdowns. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. A hat trick. Yep. Dang. I, think it's, I actually think it's very possible. I think it's going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be a lot of points scored. Um, I think you could be right, Brody, if Clyde Edwards-Hilaire comes back this week. I'm not sure what his status is, to be honest with you. Um, but I think it's going to be – they're just going to keep slinging the ball. I think that – I think both quarterbacks could both have 400 yards that game and could both have four-plus touchdowns. I think it's going to be just haymakers thrown. I think it's going to be what we hoped the Tampa Bay Saints game was. I think they're just going to be putting points up on the board left and right. Yeah. Um, uh- I really don't think it's that big of a deal if uh, Clyde comes back. Damian Williams played a great game last week. He That's true. 13 carries That's true. for 78 yards, averaging 60 yards a carry. I think they need to put a little faith in him, and I think they need to pound the rock a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, I think I think it'll come down to turnovers. Like, I mean, such a big part. Whoever, whoever can get with the turnover edge, I think, could come on top because that's a swing in points. But... Man, I don't know who I don't know who I want to win that game. I mean, I really wanted the Browns to make it all the way, but I just want a good football game again. I love freaking football, bro. It's great. Um, but I think that's kind of what we have. Um, I think we might just wrap it up. Um, I think we wanted to talk about our hot takes from last week just to kind of summarize what we had. Um, we talked about Brody saying the Rams would upset the Packers, which didn't happen. So he's, he still is a one in, I think you're what, one and two so far, or one and one? One and one. One and one. Um, Kaysen said the Browns would upset the Chiefs. He falls Very to close. one and two. Very close. I said Brady throws three more touchdowns than Breeze. I'm 0 and two. And Tuntun is a hot one and oh with the greatest take of all time. <laughs> Um, do you want to, and then Brody's hot take for this week was McGregor in under a minute. Kaysen's hot take for the week was Stefan Diggs drops a hat trick and gets three touchdowns. Mine was that Brady outperforms Rogers throws two or three more touchdowns than him. Um, I mean, I think anything can happen in the, I mean, any sport, any given day, anything can happen. And that's kind of why we just love, I mean, that's why we do it. That's why we love watching sports. That's why we play sports. 
Nothing better than sitting down on a Sunday and watching football. Um, any last things you guys want to talk about? Say before we go. I think we're good. Yep. Well, gentlemen, it's always fun. Um, we want to thank you, you listeners, for uh, listening to us. It's always fun seeing uh, our friends come up to us and talk about it. It's it's a lot of fun. We enjoy doing it, and we're not planning on stopping. Um, unfortunately, we couldn't get in person again this week, which sucks. But next week, we're hoping to really do something awesome and get together. Put it on YouTube. Get to see our faces. See us do this in person. Um, possibly have another guest on. Who knows? But just keeps getting better and better. Um, so thank you, guys. Brody Kaysen, it's always fun. All love. Appreciate you joining me tonight, like always. Yep, yep. Um, awesome. And, you know, everyone, thank you. Go tell someone you love them and stay safe. Talk to you later. Peace.